Commence primary ignition. This is where the fun begins. Is up all of you Ugnots and Jawas out there and this indeed is where the fun begins. Welcome back to Mando Talk. I am your host as always Caleb Keller and joining me is none other than DJ Foster at Rebel Scum Texan. What is up? I'm practicing my Boba sees Obi-Wan come through the door face. <laughs> if you were watching the Attack of the Clones uh panel today the 20th anniversary panel you got to hear you and mcgregor retell the story of what boba should look like as he walks through the door when they meet for the first time on camino he says just look like i've just let out a really nasty thought <laughs> so i'm practicing my boba face yeah yeah no i saw that it was a great panel and of course star wars celebration is still going strong great day today but tell you what made today even better the Obi-Wan Kenobi two-part premiere has occurred. They actually dropped it early last night, which was uh, tremendously uh, a blessing on my end. Appreciate it. Help, it yeah. Helped me get some sleep, but it also allowed me to Obi enjoy it first Kenobi. thing. Very sorry. <laughs> no, all good. Um, helped us able to get that, that viewing in before hitting the bed and, and getting some sleep. It was a great way to end yesterday, but this is the Obi-Wan Kenobi after show presented by Mando talk. We're going to spoiler discuss these two episodes. Can't wait to do it. But of course, before we get going, just real quick announcements. We tease these up actually on Tuesday during our prediction stream, which by the way, we're going to be doing that again next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central. We're going to share predictions for episode three, uh, but we teased these announcements up. So let's go ahead and hit them. So first announcement, Star Wars Celebration recap is coming from DJ Foster himself. That's going to be a YouTube video that we get put out there on Monday. So stay tuned for that because we don't have enough time to hit all the stuff that's coming right now. We got to hit Kenobi. So we're going to do a separate video on Monday. You're going to hear from DJ about all the things that uh, that get brought to us from Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. The next thing, and this is kind of where the big, massive, excitement news comes in on june 7th we have a special episode with none other than wikipedia let's go that is massive for the program <laughs> love to see it wikipedia is coming on the show on june 7th and that is actually going to be live on tuesday at 6 p.m. Central for our Obi-Wan Kenobi Episode 4 predictions. But speaking with Wikipedia, they also can't wait to share kind of the mid-Obi-Wan Kenobi series thoughts. So all kind of fun, but we will focus in on Episode 4 predictions. Wikipedia specifically picked that, so I can't wait to hear what they've got for that yeah. stream uh, and for that episode. But the next one, we got another one. Palpamines is coming on show on June 30th <laughs> special episode with Palpamines memes to share just kind of like a reflection on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And that again is going to be live on Thursday, June 30th at 6 p.m. Central. 
he definitely wanted to get in on the action of sharing some Obi-Wan Kenobi stuff. And we figured why not wait until after the show is premiered so we can get another perspective on the show of how this kind of series ended up being wrapped up in a bow. So all great things coming to Mando Talk. So if you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube because all of those special episodes are going to be on YouTube. Of course, we we still get them out on podcasts every Friday morning is when we typically get our podcasts out. But make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Great things coming. DJ, anything you want to add to those great announcements? I'm just excited that these two individuals want, or I say individuals, but you've got the entity that is Wikipedia, and then you have Palpa memes, incredible online presence, especially mm-hmm. on Twitter. So it's great seeing that they want to do something with um, us. And, yeah. and I, I love that that's taking place. And I'm looking forward to talking with both both you know people that night or those two different two different nights and then of course i'm looking forward to getting to do a, a recap for everybody you know it's not something i've, I've actually done for mando mm-hmm. talk so I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting that together for everybody and and getting that put out uh monday so yeah and unrelated i got a new obi-wan kenobi t-shirt oh nice it's looks uh, good looks good it's very purpley, um, <laughs> which wasn't planned given the, my recent change to the purple lights. But yeah, that that that, hey. that, that worked out pretty pretty it nice. Did. Yeah, it pretty did. nice. <laughs> well, what's up, everybody in the chat? I see John Harris there. Blue Harvest Bricks. Uh, we got some hello there's coming in, so of course that is fitting. Uh, Blue Harvest Bricks says Mando talk going all Star Wars celebration with the big announcements. Yeah, I mean this Why is a Mando we? talk panel, right? Like we got some stuff yeah. too. We got some <laughs> tricks up our sleeves. <laughs> We, I, I, we don't have we used all the tricks? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Tricks. Oh, yeah. We I got plenty of tricks. But tricks I, mean, I, will, kids. I mean, I'll go ahead and say, too, like we're also working on getting other guests post Obi-Wan Kenobi. So just great things coming to Mando Talk as far as getting different opinions on the show. That's something me and DJ have kind of wanted to do recently. But of course, right now it's kind of busy with Obi-Wan. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing right now. So yeah, Wikipedia coming up on June 7th, uh, Palpa memes coming up on June 30th, and then some other things coming after Obi-Wan Kenobi. So again, hit that subscribe button and make sure you stick around if this is the first time that you have checked us out on whatever platform that you are on. All right, this is the Obi-Wan Kenobi after show, but we had some things that we had to take care of first but without further ado let's get into this thing and as always live chat drop your thoughts drop your not well not predictions let's save those for next tuesday drop your thoughts observations theories things like that really anything i mean if you want to throw a prediction in there we'll, we'll read it maybe toward the end of the stream anything's welcome any thoughts that you have on these first two episodes of obi-wan kenobi hit them up in the chat all right let's get into it Part one, we're going to take each part kind of like we've typically done in the past, hit the episode linearly. However, we've tried to mentally, mentally now, we're going to say 30 minutes, give or take to each part. We'll see if that happens. You know how we are, but we got to do our due diligence and make sure that we hit everything that's necessary in these parts. So part one, first of all, for me, the decision to have a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away and the theatrical credits is something that was a simple decision. But that simple decision made this show seem 
so cinematic to me. I was very appreciative of the of that decision. So I definitely wanted to just get that out there in the open before we dive too deeply into spoilers. DJ, any thoughts on that aspect? Did we tell everybody up front this is a spoiler oh, discussion? I mean, absolutely. In I mean, title, I think it's, it's implied. It's implied, but yeah. Okay. Everything you're going to hear is a spoiler, including this. Yeah. You, I, I agree 100%. You know, this is just something that makes perfect sense, especially given that this was originally intended to be a movie. Mm-hmm. So that it, that it, we made the transition to a TV series. I don't personally feel that's a downgrade. Um, But I love that they kept the long time ago. And I think that that's something that all Star Wars TV series need to do Mm. in its first episode from here on out. Yeah, I I think that'd be cool, especially now that a lot of our series have connected things before it. So they could easily have that long time ago thing and then do like a recap of all the previous seasons before, like with Mandalorian. Ahsoka connects to Mandalorian, things like that. I think they could easily fit that in there. So I like that idea. Love yeah, that idea, actually. Be great. Uh, next up, uh, the decision to have the line of Yoda informing Obi-Wan of Qui-Gon Jinn, being able to communicate through the Force, being the last line in this little recap that they did at the start was 1,000% intentional. And I know I see John Hare in the chat says Qui-Gon confirmed. I think that uh, it's coming. It's coming, folks. Qui-Gon Jinn, I think we're already kind of predicting here. Qui-Gon Jinn's coming, right, DJ? I want him to to be there, you know, and before I jump into that real fast, just to answer the question and not even answer the question, but like make the comment on it. You know, I agree with this, having you to be there informing Obi-Wan about Qui-Gon, seeing that from Revenge of the Sith, which by the way, that whole recap was beautiful. Yes, it was. It was the perfect recap of the prequels. Perfect way to get the emotions going. <laughs> and I, I was like, well, I gotta just go to bed now, I guess. This is it. You know, like, if that's all they had showed, I'd have been like, cool, you know, I'm going to sit down. You know, I'd have been totally fine. But you know, I, I really do think we will be seeing Qui-Gon Jinn as a force ghost. I, mm-hmm. I really think so. Um, if Obi-Wan simply mentioning his name is all we get, I view that as a huge loss. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't think that that's a good idea. People have been expecting Liam Neeson to come back for this. Yeah. And I know that expectations can get subverted, but this is one that if they don't do it, I will be mad. You know, oh, I think yeah. I, I will. All, and I think that people at Star Wars be like, you guys need to chill. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think they're telling us like you have guys no Deborah Chow's over. You guys have no idea what's coming. It's going to be great. And I'm, I'm so like, you know, I, I'm putting my faith in that right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it's coming. I think it's coming just based off of that recap alone. And there's some other things that we'll definitely get to mm-hmm. that, that hit in, in these episodes. All right. So into the actual episode, we're past the recap. We're past the the theatrical kind of tone that they set to this thing just by making some small decisions. The opener is a flashback. We're on Coruscant and it's the execution of Order 66. Uh, I have no doubt that this is going to connect to Reva uh, as I believe that one of the younglings in this group is her. Uh, I think it kind of zooms in on one of them and then they kind of take off, run away. Now, Quickly, uh, reading the captions, I figured out that the Jedi who was killed protecting those younglings is Menace Velti. Uh, I don't know of this character beforehand, but uh, I saw the Velty name in um, in the captions. And then I took to Wikipedia of all, all sources and it added the first name of of Menace. Never seen this one before, uh, but but cool little canon connection there for those of you, those diehards that like to take note on things like that. Me. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Ten years then 
Flash. So before actually we pick up 10 years later, DJ, thoughts on the Order 66 starting out this show? I mean, I, I that wasn't was, that was perfect. That. No, I, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting, you know, like to, yeah, I mentioned in my, my predictions, you know, Obi-Wan have a bad dream or something, and that might be how the show kicks off. Mm-hmm. But to give us another angle of Order 66 – Man, for a second, I thought we were going to see Grogu. I mean, it, it, the way I mean, we were yeah, the way we I, were I going down vibes, this hallway. Yeah. yeah, just the way they were going down this hallway. I was like, this could happen. I really mm-hmm. felt like that could happen, but I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, and it it would have been a cool cameo, but I don't think it would have it would have just kind of thrown a lot of people off. Um, and it'd yeah. been just to, there to be to be there. So I'm glad they didn't sure. do that. But no, uh, this this whole thing was perfect, and I I found myself like in the midst of this moment, really rooting for that mm-hmm. particular Jedi menace Velti. So, and not just that though, I really do think Reva is in that group of younglings. There is one yeah. young, there's one young lady there who looks like Reva mm-hmm. and um, those kids did a good job, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like they really, Deborah Chow probably directed them in a good way, but to say, Hey, you know what you guys are going to, you're Jedi, but you need to be a little freaked out. And yeah. I, for a minute there, too, I thought we were going to see Hayden and he's going to come start slashing them. I really did. I really yeah. thought it was going to go dark fast, but it well, didn't. Obviously. John Hare in the chat says, hoping we see more Order 66. That opening was amazing. I think we're definitely going to get more yeah. flashbacks just so Hayden can fully be Anakin. In, a, in a role in, yeah. as Anakin. All right. So now we do catch up with the events of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ten years later, the Inquisitor trio arrives on Tatooine searching for a Jedi who is protecting a local saloon. Clearly in this scene, there is tension between Reva and the other Inquisitors. Uh, Reva is very emotional, I guess, like she's just, or quick with it like she just throws the like the Grand Inquisitor is questioning. Yeah. Trying to intimidate. Rev is just like, nope, throwing this knife. The Jedi is going to use his force tricks to, to stop this, this knife. And yeah. that's exactly what happens. Like Rev is like, let's expose this guy and let's kill him. Like, let's move on. This is below us. And I think that's a line she says later in the episode. Yeah, this is below <laughs> us. Like th- These are the lowest of lows. Like, why do we care about this? But really interesting character dynamics going on here. And that's definitely something explored more in episode two. So we'll definitely get to that. Uh, but love this little opener of the inquisitor trio and i also love the tension with reva and the other two what did you think of this opener it was great i mean it was perfect it was almost verbatim what how i thought it would go down and i'm glad that i got that mentally right um you know just speaking of reva there's something going on with her and kenobi like there's something else to her being and having this infatuation with obi-wan yeah i i don't know why i i i I can only think that maybe like he was at the temple and could have rescued her or something. And she's just like all bitter about it. Or I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's the only thing I can think of right now. Um, But with that being the case and that being said, I'm just looking forward to seeing what else they do with her character. Yeah. I find her character compelling. I've seen people online say otherwise, and I'm thinking you guys need to give it. You got five, was it five, four more episodes here. So, you know, when it's all said and done, there there's gonna be a really good story here hopefully yeah i I think there her character is not clearly not finished yet i don't think we're to a point where we can come to a decision on if we like the character or not i I don't think that's fair 
Um, I think there's stuff there that has been set up to where if executed correctly, Reva would be a great character. So yes. we'll see. I think that is still out there so far. I like the backstory that they set up with her, the tension they set up with her. Now she was kind of like just motivated by anger, which is very inquisitor like. So, I mean, that that fits the mold as far as the character that she's portraying. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't personally have any issues myself. Uh, OK, so Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let's let's catch up to the actual title character. He is staying low. We're not surprised by that at all, but he's he's staying busy in a surprising way. He's like a meat slicer, I guess. I didn't really know how to type that out in the notes. Yeah, um, but he's always kind of sneaking some of that meat for his EOP, which is very Jedi like to do. Very caring of him to do passionate. Uh, yeah. And that EOP is hanging out in Anchorhead while he's off doing his day job. Now, question that I had in DJ, it looks like maybe in the notes you found an answer. I didn't know what type of creature they're extracting this meat from of course mandalorian connections i was hoping maybe crate dragon that would just be cool but i didn't think so what was that creature um well i went to the most reliable source on the internet which is wikipedia and um to the show on june 7th june 7th yes and um it's it's called a tibidy t-i-b-i-d-e-e tibidy okay so and um i recognize it from rebels and until until now it is the only um in fact, it's so fresh that Wikipedia hasn't even added it to the article yet. Interesting. Um, but, but it's the first live action appearance of Atibity, but the Tibity has only ever appeared in Rebels. And I recognize it from Rebels Season 2, Episode 18, Shroud of Darkness. Yeah. Uh, that happens to just be right where I'm at in my rewatch of Rebels. So I just worked out well that I had recently seen one of those uh, manta ray type, you know, things and they're all over rebels, but still, um, I just love that that was there. And on that particular episode of rebels is very inquisitor heavy episode. So maybe there was something to that and what they were doing here with Mm. Kenobi, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it is just very obvious that Obi-Wan is very concerned with being found and that fear is, is permeating him, uh, heavily. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Michelle, what is up, Michelle? It's good to see you in the Michelle chat. Michelle Minosi? Yeah. Says, I think Reva was definitely one of those younglings waiting for help and could possibly blame Kenobi for being the one who put out the call for the Jedi not to return. That is phenomenal analysis. I love that. Definitely love that. All right, real quickly, some other Obi-Wan Kenobi character setups just real quick, and then we'll get into the action. Um He even goes as far as not helping those that are being wronged to continue to stay low. Like, that's got to be challenging for him. Uh, He hasn't established a homestead yet. He's kind of living inside of a cave. And then uh, he tries to buy this, or he does successfully, buys this T-16 Skyhopper off of a Jawa. That Jawa's name is Tika. uh, In hopes of gifting it to Luke. So he's very much so caring for Luke, looking out after luke but he's got a lot of internal trauma and that is definitely um portrayed in the next scene when he experiences a bad dream of the prequel events and all that trauma that he's been through um and when he wakes and this is what was really interesting in a second tease of what could come when he wakes he asks for his master qui-gon jinn um so incredible stuff to open as far as getting a sense of where this character obi-wan kenobi is at now 10 years later obviously it's challenging 
for us viewers to see one of our favorite Jedi of all time to be at that lowly state, but you got to break him down in order for him to build that hope back up by the time yeah. a new hope yeah. comes around. So I love this character setup that we got here. What are your thoughts there, DJ, uh, of those things that we've got before right. we get into the stuff? The well, first stuff. of <laughs> the stuff, the rest of the stuff. Um, well, first of all, he's a caveman. I just, I like, that's exactly what I wrote. He's a caveman. I think that's awesome. Um, so far to the point that even the jaw was like, bro, you need some soap. <laughs> and I, yeah. I think that's really funny because he was so he was so dapper in the prequels mm-hmm. at every yeah, point. Was. And now he's just like meat slicer Kenobi out there having a good time, <laughs> actually having a bad time. Uh, love the connection, especially since the T-16 Skyhopper was designed by the late Colin Cantwell. And just a little fun behind the scenes fact, when Luke plays with the T-16 Skyhopper in mm-hmm. A New Hope, yeah. that is the design that Colin Cantwell made. Um, they didn't, they wanted to build a full size thing, didn't have the money. So they just gave Luke the thing to play with. And I just love that. Uh, so it's great to see that Kenobi's the one who gives that to him. Maybe not immediately like here. Right. It's coming. Somewhere. Yeah. I think it's coming. Um, and I think ultimately just as Obi-Wan is having this bad dream, I think that this shows us that you can't call on a force ghost just, or maybe reinforces it, but you can't call on a force ghost just because you need help. Mm-hmm. Luke couldn't do that in empire. Uh, he really couldn't do it much in Return of the Jedi. And Yoda pretty much showed up in, in eight just because he yeah. needed to. But this is something the OT does a great job of explaining. So I believe that this means Qui-Gon will appear as a ghost in an episode where Obi-Wan needs significant guidance. Yes, 100%. Not like when he just feels like it. It's mm-hmm. just, that's just not how it works, you know. So they're only going to show up when there's just absolute guidance necessary. We still have the same thing with Yoda and, mm-hmm. and Rebels, even. So it's not it's not that far, you know, fetched, I feel like. No, I love that. I, I think you're 100 percent correct on that. Um, and, and that is something that me and Zach, by the way, you know, he used to be on the show, um, kind of been talking about on the side is those kind of things that you just alluded to. How they're treating Obi-Wan perfectly like it's poetry with Luke Skywalker in episode eight. It's just we now have more time to kind of flesh that out a little bit to where it's it's really, 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 really enjoyable. So I like all those things there that you mentioned. All right. Next up in the episode, Obi-Wan travels to the Lars homestead to watch Luke. Obviously, you kind of alluded to this in the prediction stream the other the other night on Tuesday. Uh, He has this dream. And obviously, immediately after having a bad dream like that, you want to go make sure that that Luke's okay because you don't want that trauma to continue to go into Luke's life. Uh, So he travels to that homestead to make sure that he's okay. At nighttime, Obi-Wan leaves the T-16 at the door of the homestead. And then the Jedi that the Inquisitors were after in the saloon earlier in the episode, Nari, approaches Obi-Wan as he officially reveals that he goes by the name of Ben and that Obi-Wan doesn't exist, basically. Uh, But then he calls him Obi-Wan like, look, dude, I know you're Obi-Wan, whatever. Obi-Wan instructs Nari to stay hidden and the time of the Jedi is over. So again, very much poetry like Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. I love it. It makes sense with mm-hmm. the character. Loved all of these moments. I loved seeing Luke. Of course, th- these are things that we already knew that were coming, so it didn't really hit me as emotionally as it did the first time I saw it in the teaser because I knew it was going to be there, but great stuff nonetheless. What did you think of the Lars Homestead visit and the night after? 
The, the Lars Homestead visit wasn't anything special to me because we saw it in trailers. Yeah. Um, which sounds bad to say, but that's just kind of how I feel about it. My big thing is Obi-Wan's advice to Nari just to mm-hmm. leave. He just said, go bury your lightsaber Bounce. in the desert and, desert and don't return to it, which that should have told us where Obi-Wan put his lightsaber. But I didn't even catch that until later. It's a good call. But, yeah. But any, yeah, I mean, I, I think that was just foreshadowing on the writings team's part but um no you know i just thought it was good advice given the the circumstances and it's the best option for nari mm-hmm. um it unfortunately you know doesn't work out for unfortunately him. the jedi code is like an itch yeah you just you gotta <laughs> scratch it man so yeah that's it's kind of my takeaway from all of that i mean yeah you know, there's just not a whole lot there for me at this point Sure. All right. Well, next up, uh, man, this this was beautiful, guys. This Dude. was so beautiful. We go to Alderaan, which we had a feeling that we were going to go. I just didn't know the capacity that we were going to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Brea Organa is attempting to get Leia ready for <laughs> Brea's sister's family. Now, I put in parentheses, I wasn't 100% sure by this. Is Are they Antilles, the cousins that show up? If they are, I don't know. Okay, just a possibility that I want to throw out there. Maybe we'll get confirmation on who this family actually is. But it's Brea's sister's family that's arriving. Uh, They're coming in, and she's trying to get Leia ready. But Leia is off in the woods watching the ships coming and going with her droid, Lola. Love that. It fits the, the Leia character perfectly. And speaking of the Leia character, the casting, phenomenal. Like, maybe the best casting job that disney era star wars has ever done like great stuff here 10 year old leia perfect uh, and i'm sure we'll talk about that some more um pause there because we flashed a tatooine after that so let's pause there uh what were your thoughts on the inclusion of leia this early and just the the deep the deeper exploration than anticipated well first of all Alderaan flashed on screen and I knew what it was immediately. And I was like, 100%. I was like, I can't, I was like, that's Alderaan. And I was actually, I don't, I, I've said this to Caleb. I actually initially told him this, but I've said it on online a hundred times. I, I'm pretty sure I stopped breathing. <laughs> like I, I think at one point I had to go, you know, cause I was, it, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And it was all so much at, at once, but I actually uh, cried hmm. when Leia was getting dressed, but it wasn't Leia because I was like, because that was a great fake out. And I was like, I just shed these tears for some random. But then we see little Leia go running off into the woods and she's up there looking at starships coming in. And Mm -hmm. to me, I was like, that just sounds like a really fun day. Yeah. Just sit out in an underneath the big tree and and yeah, just with look. Your droid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I live near near an Air Force base. So I see jets flying all the time. Mm-hmm. So for me, it 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 didn't feel too out of the realm of possibility for me to have a day like that. It just mm-hmm. was really cool. So I, I just loved all of that. And yes, perfect casting. I think that this is an actress who we will be seeing a lot of in years to come. Interesting. All right. Yeah. I loved it. I loved her uh, in the role. Tim Arnold in the chat says, hello there. Hello there to you as well, Tim. Good good to see you here. Glad that you can make it live. Uh, John Hare also says casting was perfect. That seemed like something across the board. Social media as everybody was was mentioning. Uh, all right. We do. Oh, hold on. Michelle makes a great point, too. Oh, OK. Uh, she says, love the poetry slash rhyming of being introduced to young lady using a body double just like Padme and a oh, handmaid. 
Man, Michelle, you're dropping bombs tonight. But I noticed <laughs> later on that little Leia wears an orange hood, and I was like, that looks like a handmaiden outfit. Mm. You know, I just there was a lot of Padme undertone, and I was I was oh, very sure. Very much into that. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Do your thing. All right. So we next go to Tatooine. Owen throws the T-16 toy at Obi-Wan's feet, and they have their little conversation regarding the future of Luke. Again, I probably would have freaked out more had I not seen heavy marketing on this, but it, it was great to see nonetheless. Inside this conversation, it's revealed, though, that the Lars family and Obi-Wan both believe Anakin to be dead. Uh, now, you could kind of interpret Obi-Wan's face when that line is mentioned like he's Maybe he's there's some doubt there. I don't know. I, I think obviously episode two, we'll get there. We'll get there. He definitely leans more so toward he's he's dead because the last time he saw him, he was getting burnt to a crisp. But anyway, that was the big thing that was new that I took away from that conversation. Anything you want to add to the the Owen face to face convo between him and Obi-Wan? I'm glad that they're under the impression that Anakin is dead because mm -hmm. it it just it, it just shows us a lot of, of different things where Owen is, where Obi-Wan is, you know, in their lives and what their thought process is on it. And I think that that makes episode two's ending a much harder uh, of a hit, mm. you know, to the point now that I'm actually looking at this story thinking one day, if I introduce this and when I do introduce these like officially to my kid, mm -hmm. you know, am I going to show her Kenobi like, before I show her a new hope, you know, like I'm, I'm now trying to reorder how I watch the timeline. Yeah. So anyway, that's maybe neither here nor there, but I, I, I think it was good on top of that. Uh, Owen's a jerk. Really? Which it, I just, I mean, I, I get what he's doing. I understand where he's coming from. I get what he's doing. So I, I don't view him as a jerk. I just, he could be nicer about it. I get it. He could be like, dude, I've got this. Well, but I, it, again, we talked about this on Tuesday though, 10 years yeah. 10 years have passed now. Like at, at what if point it, can, if it keeps can't happening, nice. <laughs> that's right. I got to remember that, that if this just keeps happening, it's like, dude, okay. I'm okay. I take it back. Owen's not a jerk, but he, he kind of felt like one, <laughs> I guess, initially. Fair. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, during this scene, the inquisitors then arrive at Anchorhead to ask if anyone there knows anything about a Jedi hiding on the planet. Uh, Reva threatens to kill Owen and his family after slicing the hand of a local. I did not see that one coming. Um, they just want some clues. Uh, Fifth Brother's trying to offer rewards. Uh, Reva's like, no, if you don't tell me, I'm just going to kill you. So, again, there's tension. Fifth Brother interjects before Reva can further make threats or cause harm. Uh, this results to the Fifth Brother confronting Reva about chasing after Kenobi. And when asked what she will gain by capturing Kenobi, Reva says, what I'm owed. That line is really intriguing to me. So again, this that small little stuff sprinkled in here and there is what has me intrigued by this Reva character. Like, what do you mean by saying what I'm owed? I got to know. And I think eventually we'll get there. And that's why I enjoyed so far Moses Ingram's portrayal of the third sister of Reva. What were your overall takeaways of this uh, meeting here on the streets? I loved Reva in this spot again, emotional, but she's a villain. Like, yeah, give it to me. What do you think? She's playing a great villain. Moses Ingram is. And on top of her playing a great villain, she, you know, with that, her, she's flawed as a flawed character, I feel like already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think she's inevitably doomed, just first of all, just based on this interaction, honestly. Mm. But um, what really the biggest thing for me is just the whole what she's owed line. 
Yeah. She has a vendetta against Kenobi. It's kind of where I'm at. And if we will see that, I think, come to fruition as we go into next week and, and the following, you know, the really the following four. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know much on that other than that. I just want to know more about her character. And again, I keep I've seen people like roasting the character. I'm like, guys, we're two episodes in. You mm-hmm. have I mean, that's what Book of Boba Fett taught me was let the thing breathe. Yeah. If you're going to let it breathe, you'll enjoy it more. That's how I that's how I'm doing this now. I've done that with the sequel trilogy. I've done it with Book of Boba Fett and even little issues I have with Mando, which are not very many, if I'm being <laughs> real honest. But and then this, I'm just like, I have no issues with this right now. Everything right mm-hmm. now I've got I have zero problems with. So just looking forward to seeing what we do more with her characters. We continue to get to know her over the next you know few weeks. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We go back to Alderaan. The Antilles, or I put Antilles family, but that was me guessing. Again, it's just, just Brea's family. We don't know who it is necessarily. So let me just rephrase that. The Brea's family arrives, not necessarily Antilles. We'll see if they're connected somehow. They arrive as we get our first look at Bell Organa and their incredible relationship. The father-daughter dynamic that's going on between Bell and Leia, chef's kiss. And I'm sure maybe I'm going to pass it to you, DJ, recently becoming a girl dad. Uh, yeah. This had to have hit home for you. It did because I, my wife um, does, isn't a Star Wars fan like I am. And honestly, she's not even a Star Wars fan. But I was telling her about the story today. And I was like, I was like babe, it's, it's, a, it's 10-year-old Leia. Mm-hmm. And she's just playing and having a good time. I was just describing these things. And for me, I think she saw how much I had this, just this care for yeah. the character, but not only that, just, you know, I've got a daughter. And right. so for me, it was just like, I can share this with my girl one day, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just, I was like, okay, I can be Bail Organa, you know, to the, the little princess Leia I have. And, yeah. and I, that just, it warmed my heart to think mm-hmm. about that. And admittedly teared up a little bit thinking about it and i don't and, blame you I, that's one of those i do not blame you at all in the and slightest. then the, and then even and furthering that the payoff of that was my wife tells me several hours after i tell her hey this is what the show's like she goes is it animated or live action i said it's live action she goes okay i think i'm gonna watch this one let's go let's go so i was like yes so i don't know if we're doing that tonight but you know yeah. we're gonna re-watch these together and and hopefully my wife will fall in love a little bit with these, with little Leia is kind of how I'm hoping. But all that to say, um, the relationship here is just beautiful. And I think it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and, and the, the events that follow, you know, meeting them. I mm-hmm. love the little inside look into post-Republic politics. 100%. And that's exactly where we're heading next. Like this little party that they're having, uh, K.O. is his name, is discussing with the Organas that the Empire is finally, quote, lining pockets. So whoever this family member is, is on the side of the Empire. He's just interested in money. Uh, But then Bail, of course, expresses his issues, including slave labor, taxation of the Outer Rim, and he was going to continue before he was rudely interrupted by this K.O. jerk. Uh, Yeah. Cool stuff, though. Cool teases. And I have to admit, coming off the day after seeing the Andor trailer, I thought of Andor. Like all of these little yes. political stuff is going to get touched on in that show. I don't think we have enough time to do it here in Obi-Wan. 
Yeah. But it's just those little Easter eggs. Like when I see Andor, I'm going to think about, oh, this is Bail Organa's view on all of these scenarios that Mon Mothma are bringing up in, mm-hmm. in Andor. Really cool stuff. And also, last thing I'll mention before we, well, no, there's a couple of other things in this little party. Uh, C3PO is I, seen in the background translating. I, I love you, C3PO. Great stuff. Great stuff. And R2D2 is back there too, though. Was he? He's in a different shot when they when Leia like leaves and uh-huh. and doesn't like she right before she gets kidnapped. He's in the background, so it's I'm like have to check that out. It's dude, I have to rewatch. So I'll just say this: the cameo. I was not expecting a. It makes perfect sense because like you don't need to show C three PO. You doing mm-hmm. he doesn't need to be up front in front of the camera for this story. Neither does R two D two. But it's like let's freaking go they're there you know it's like it's all that matters is that they're there so yeah anyway yeah i love it i think it's great and again the notes thinking about the andor teaser mm-hmm. you know it all it's a giant puzzle and there we're making a they're making a beautiful beautiful story here i think across the board good soup good, good soup. soup yes all right well also in this party leia is made fun of by her jerk of a cousin just this entire family are full of jerks. He's a stooge. <laughs> For thanking a droid and not being a, quote, real Organa. Um, next up, this was just personal theorizing here. Yeah. I suspect that Leia is able to subtly, sub, sub, I can't speak. Su- subtly. Yeah. Connect. <laughs> thank you. Connect with the force to draw out all of the cousin's fears that she just lists out. Great stuff. And then again, it. Uh, it flashes to just this great family dynamic of of bail getting down on one knee and just expressing to to leia that look you're you are as much of an organa as we are mm-hmm. like no one can take that away from yeah me. gosh that was good and when i watched it a second time it hit me even harder uh yeah. so the cousin is a jerk yep. leia i think is already connecting to the force a little bit that's just head cannon though yeah and again, great family dynamic with the Organas. Anything you want to add to that? Well, my, my dad's actually adopted. So mm. he, he so seeing, I was kind of picturing, you know, my dad, my, my last name's Foster. I'm not, I'm not blood a foster, but mm. my grandfather is a foster. So for me, it's I can I can almost relate in a way. Like I'm I'm one generation back from where Leia would be technically. Mm. I guess that makes me Kylo Ren. <laughs> but anyway, all that to say, I, I can kind of relate a little bit to that in the sense that I have that kind of connection. But beyond that, you know, just putting that away for a second, definitely got force vibes from Leia. Hmm. Bell okay. and Brea have certainly embraced Leia as as their own and which is obviously the intent. But, man, it just makes the story so much sweeter. Yeah. And it makes Alderaan's destruction that much heavier Dude, yes you know so heavy because so you heavy. can't help you can't help but think about that when you're there mm-hmm. you're like all of this is gone in 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 less than 10 years and yeah. that's what's wild to me and and i so anyway i'll leave it at that i could talk about that for a while so i'll, I'll just give it back to you okay well moving on we are getting kind of close to the 30 minute mark we said but hey all good yeah. all good uh leia runs back out into the woods and is taken by a man named vect and two other mercenaries. Mercenaries is the word that was used in the caption, so I rolled with it. Uh, they deactivate Lola on the ship as they head toward Dayu. It is revealed, and I'm kind of getting off of like the linear path here, 
because I think there's some Tatooine scenes before this whole Reva thing, but I wanted to go yeah. ahead and, and finalize this Leia stuff. Uh, after she's taken, it's revealed that Reva plans to use Leia to draw Kenobi. Now, she says this quote, he fought beside her father during the war. So yeah. that led me to this question that we'll discuss. Uh, it says, is she referring to Bail or Anakin when she says yeah. father? Uh, if she's referring to Anakin, I feel like that potentially causes some canon issues since Vader himself doesn't know this until Return of the Jedi. But based off of something that is said in episode two, I actually think that she's referring to Bale. I think that she thinks that Bale is her biological father. What do you think, though? I wanted to ask you that. Well, I think there's no question that they're talking about Bale here. Okay. And if you go back, I'm so glad I rewatched the Clone Wars movie now, honestly, because hmm. there and well, not, not even just Clone Wars. I, I take that back. Not the Clone Wars movie, but there's some episodes that canonic, canonically, canonically take place before Clone Wars that are in season one or three or something of uh, Clone Wars. And Bail Organa reaches out to Obi-Wan and he actually says, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope, which is an obvious tie, you know, right. an Easter egg kind of deal. But um, no, to me, 100%, this, it is 1,000%. One, 1, I'm going beyond a hundy. Mm. Um, she's talking about um, Bail, and that's because it would disrupt the canon. Yeah. They're not, I don't think Lucasfilm's that dumb. Yeah. You know, especially with something with these established characters, they're not, they're not right. going to, you're not going to mess that up. I agree for sure. I, that has been something that, first of all, I admittedly, I struggled with earlier today because when I heard that quote, I was like, wait a minute. I had to think about it for a second. I had to talk to Zach. We we text to the side about that question. Yeah. Uh, try to wrap my head around it. Uh, we came to an agreement. Got to be talking about bail there uh, real quick before we move on. Hillary, your wife. I hey, see, I see hey. in the chat. Up, says, OK, I said think. So maybe she's not fully committed to to watching the show with you. Well, I just said it on the pod, babe. So, you know, can jump, jump on board. <laughs> Tim Arnold says the Jawa steals parts to sell back to you. That, yeah, that was great. That was I, great. I love that. that perfect was Jawa. Nice yeah. comedic relief. John Hare says the scene with Bale and Leia was beautiful. And then John also says, I don't see a canon problem yet. Obi introduces himself to Leia as Ben. She wouldn't know him as Obi-Wan yet. I agree. Uh, oh, and Tim also says, oh, that's an episode two thing that we'll get to in a second. We'll get yes. to that in a second. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, okay, where are we at? Where are we at? All right. Number so 17. Bale, Bale and Brea reach out to Obi-Wan, lets him know of the situation. Obi-Wan refuses to go after her and help, saying he is no longer the man he used to be. And then uh, the line from Bale really hits me here where he says she is as important as he is. That one had to hurt when Luke hurt. Well, not when Luke, when Obi-Wan heard that. And he's 100 percent right. Like, yeah, they are of equal importance here. Uh, she yeah. is just as much. Now, it's not revealed yet, but she is just as much Jedi as Luke is. Um, but, yeah. hey, I love that little line there. And that I, that initially wasn't enough to get Obi-Wan committed. Yeah. Uh, next up in the episode, the Jedi Nari is seen hanging in the streets of Anchorhead, which again, I, for me, I, I'm not a, a dad yet, but I, I'd imagine that's something that you have to think about before you show that to your kids. That was pretty dark, pretty heavy. Um, so just warning there, I thought that was pretty intense, but we knew that was coming from trailers. Um, Obi-Wan sees that 
that was pretty tough. More trauma. Just add yeah. it to the list. Yeah. Bale travels all the way to Tatooine to speak to Obi-Wan face to face to convince him to go after Leia on the planet of Dayu. And he, he's successful. Uh, Obi-Wan travels out to find his and Anakin's lightsabers buried in the sand. And he commits to leaving the planet to find and save Leia. And that's where the episode one finishes. He, he has the lightsaber on his hip. He's ready to go. He gets on a transport. He's headed off to die. You. So I just hit a lot of things there to kind of wrap this up in a little, little bit of that 30 minute time frame. Uh, yeah. What do you think of the final moments that we got here in this episode? And then we'll roll yeah. into episode two. I think that there's an interesting dichotomy here. Obi-Wan still very much under the impression the Jedi are the, are the saviors of the, the universe basically. And there's a shift happening in, in the in the world in the galaxy here that I mean, it's just obvious the Jedi can't be the saviors. It has to be the rebels. You know, it has to be the Rebel Alliance, which is why Leia is just as important as Luke. From a certain point of view, Leia lays the found the, the framework for Luke to come in and be the hero in four, five, and six. Yeah. If you really want to look at it that way, you can. Um, but that that to me is a big deal, and I think that um, this really this whole conversation between Bale and Obi Wan, especially in the cave, I think it takes away any issues that exist in the fandom that Leia is somehow less of a Skywalker because there are I mean there are few, but there are people who are like, well, she's she's not even you know whatever you know, and then mm-hmm. that's just that's just bogus. Um, so anyway, moving on from that, rip to that Jedi uh, who died. So R.I.P. You know, I didn't Nari. <laughs> yeah, Nari. I'm like, you went out pretty rough, but I don't really care about you. Yeah, so it's sure. kind of whatever, I it guess. Just, it was, I think it was another yeah. plot device. It was to a plot device. Kenobi motivated to do something. I just I wanted I feel I feel like that would have been a lot cooler if it was an established Jedi. Like they're not gonna do Plo Koon wrong like that if he somehow survived his crash in episode mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. But it'd been cool if it was like someone like Plo Koon was should have been Mace. <laughs> Oh, no, no, you don't do that to Mace Windu. No, sir. Um, and <laughs> honestly, the fact that Obi, I got to, I'm going to get on a little sequel trilogy soapbox here, real quick. Uh-oh. Okay. All right. Um, short thing. Um, did anybody have a problem with the fact that Anakin's lightsaber was buried in the sand by Obi Wan? Not that I've seen. Did mm. anybody have a problem that Ray buried Anakin's lightsaber in the sand in episode nine? Uh, yeah. What, what's the difference, guys? Fair. It's a fair point. So anyway, I didn't know people had people have problem with that. Yeah, really? It's stupid. It's a very small group of people. They're like, why would you put his lightsaber in the place? A, his mother was buried and B, a place he despises is kind of what they were thinking. And I was hmm. like, guys, it's symbolic. <laughs> Chill. And even here, Obi-Wan digging up his and Anakin's lightsaber. He was prepared to put his own self in the ground. If you yeah. think about it. So yeah. you just, oh man, anyway, I'm on a soapbox. <laughs> that Listen, I love the way that ended in this yeah. episode. I'm well, glad and, it ended that way. And just overall thoughts. Like I, I think I said it at the top. If I didn't, I'll just say it here. Yeah. Love the premiere. Like yes. this is top tier Star Wars television, in my opinion. I loved breaking down Obi-Wan. I loved building him up a little bit with this whole, I need to get involved with going after Leia, make sure that she's safe, because she is just as much a part of this story as Luke is. Loved that. I, I yep. love the, the teases, the setup of Reva. 
I really just love the episode overall. Any final thoughts before we get to episode two? I am currently getting a stopwatch on, so I don't go over. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. My, my thoughts of this, was this episode, the first one, the premiere, it, it was the perfect call to action story. Mm-hmm. Um, it still uh, tells us exactly what's happening, tells us why Obi-Wan's getting involved. It adds to the grander story to come both in this series and in the existing canon um, as a whole. So honestly, I think that this series... Right now, I told Caleb this, I'm saying it for the world to hear. I think this is going to be become the best Star Wars story ever told mm. across all nine saga movies. Across, I, I'm honestly already having in a contending spot to replace Rogue One as my favorite thing. Interesting. That's how good this looks to me and how and I don't think it's a recency thing. I really I'm just I'm in love with this show right now. Um, and I think I'll go, I'm going to continue to rewatch it all the way up till Andor's release later this year. So I, I thought the premiere was fantastic. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, last little chat mention here about episode one, and then I'll pass it to you, DJ, to lead us with episode two. Sounds good. John Harris says, I feel like people understand more with Obi burying it because he was preparing to give it to Luke when he was ready. Was he? I can I can probably see that point of view. Um, I do have a feeling, though, that I think Obi-Wan probably intended on leaving it there until he knew for a fact that it was okay to allow Luke to become a Jedi. So I don't know if it was a fully committed decision. I think he was 50 50 on it. I think it depended upon the landscape of the galaxy and what was to come. And I also think at the end of this story that is what propels him to leaning toward, okay, he's going to become a Jedi like his father. Yes, and to really, I'll I'll try to be really quick on this. Um, In um, Jedi Lost, the Count Dooku audio drama book, um, Yoda lets Dooku keep his lightsaber when he leaves the Order. Mm. That's something that Yoda actually regrets later because he obviously becomes a Sith Lord. Um, When you take that into consideration and also add to the fact that Obi-Wan didn't do that for his Padawan and he just takes his lightsaber away with him. Um, I don't think now this story before this, the story was, okay, we got to get this to Luke somehow. So this is where Obi-Wan gets it. But now, you know, it's, it's obviously telling a different story. One that I'm actually a huge fan of. And um, so I, I needed to throw that in there really quick before we move forward. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are ready for now to, for I can't speak this evening. We are now ready. Sorry. <laughs> we are now ready. I see I'm too I'm too caught up with with Obi-Wan, Star Wars Celebration, There's a uh, lot. trailers, teasers, you name it. You know, I got so much going on in my head. I can't even talk. We're ready for episode two, DJ. Take it away. Let's do it. OK, I'm going to run down these things kind of similar to how Caleb did for us. All right. So let's just jump right into um, episode two of Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right. So Kenobi, he lands on Dayu and episode one, he gets on a transport ship, flies out. In this episode, he lands on Dayu and begins to walk the streets. It seems as if uh, he begins to pray like to Qui-Gon. And he says this, if I've ever needed guidance, Master, it's now. Further, you know, I think saying, hey, you know, you can't just call on a force ghost when you need some help. It just it doesn't work mm-hmm. that way. All right. Before we go to the next thing, Caleb, any thoughts on just the opener and, and where we're at so far? I was just going to say that I think in episode one, when he wakes up and says Master Qui-Gon, I think you could have interpreted that as he's communicated with Qui-Gon before. But I think this quote right here is confirmation that he hasn't. 
Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't think mm. that he's communicated with Qui-Gon before oh. after this quote. I don't see it that way, but that's interesting. Oh, you think I they feel, have? I feel like they would have. Really? Even with this quote. Yeah. He's just like, uh, you know, hey, if I could, hmm. if I almost kind of like, uh, this is a weird comparison. The old dude from Up, <laughs> the Pixar yeah. movie, uh-huh. he keeps talking to his wife, even though she's not there. And yeah. then the little short ru- kid, Russell, uses that against him later. Interesting. So I, just kind of seems like that to me. Wow. I'm surprised you think that because earlier you were saying how they don't force ghosts only reach out when you absolutely need them. And I mean, Luke in uh, episode I, eight hasn't communicated with Yoda in so long that they even make the the comment that it's been super, super long that since they've talked to each other. I so mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe it is still up in have. the air, but, but I interpreted it as maybe he hasn't figured it, it out quite yet. Maybe that is true, but maybe I will figure it out. Maybe I we'll really think that they've seen each other before, but if okay. they haven't, that's okay. You know, yeah. Hey, prove me wrong, Star Wars. I either don't, way, I'm good know? either yeah. way. I just, yeah, it's interesting that you can take those lines and and interpret them differently. Absolutely, interpretation, man. It's it's a bugger. All right, <laughs> uh, here's the next thing. Very next thing that we pretty much see is a veteran clone is seen in the streets begging for money. Uh, Obi Wan gives him money, and as soon as he turns away from the clone, he's met with stormtroopers. I think that this is symbolic. Um, number one, it shows how little the Empire thinks of the clones. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were used, you know, to help train the new TK troopers. We know that from Bad Batch and uh, Rebels, but you know that's not what's happening with this particular clone. He, you know, he he is. I, I don't know. He's bantha fodder, for lack of a better term. Okay, but on top of that, Tamara Morrison's back. He is. <laughs> it was he cool is. to see him in a beard and long hair and half of a uniform and the mm-hmm. buck the the clone bucket being there and it's just like yeah it was cool so yeah it was great um, it, it was great to see Tamara bearded yes and yeah. I love the I love bearded the people. the uh, symbolism of like you mentioned as soon as he turns around there's stormtroopers there yeah. so this is very much so symbolic of the empire is done with you. Uh, that's something that us diehard fans know. Maybe the ones that only watch live action stuff haven't quite pieced all mm. of those puzzles together yet. But yeah. it, it's good to see that at the forefront. Yes, absolutely. Okay, here's the next thing. As Obi-Wan approaches the nastiest places on Dayu, we see him doing some fantastic Jedi investigating, kind of reminiscent of all, both Alec Guinness in A New Hope, but also what Ewan did previously in both Attack of the Clones, and in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Um, he's approached by a young spice dealer, who, by the way, is actually Ewan McGregor's daughter. Interesting. I learned right. that today online, nice, so I thought nice. that was cool. Um, so she gets a little cameo, and I was like, you look familiar, but it's just because that's her dad, and so she looks like her dad a little bit. Um, and then also he is told about a Jedi who can help people. This mm-hmm. then leads him to following basically some little kid who I'll call him a street rat to borrow a phrase from Aladdin. Sure. And, um, leads him to this den, I guess, like an underground, like garage almost where a con artist is basically waiting for him. Um, yeah. Caleb, what are your thoughts on all those? Real quick? Well, I have to say for some reason, I completely forgot about Kumail's character as I was watching this. Really? Yeah. And when I heard, there's a Jedi that I can take you to. I have to admit, guys, I thought this looks like a place that Cal Kestis could be. Ah. <laughs> but then I quickly realized, oh, crap, Caleb, you're being stupid. You completely forgot about Kamel's, uh 
quote unquote Jedi that's supposed yeah. to be in the show and that we've seen in trailers. So immediately when I saw him show up, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But of course, I was bummed because in my mind, I was thinking, "Ooh, this would be a cool place for Cal to show up. But it would just be wanted, it just wanted been to a cool throw place, that yeah. out there. I'm sure if I thought that maybe there was someone else out there that had that thought. <laughs> I mean, you probably aren't alone in that, but, you know, we've talked about how those timelines aren't, aren't too far off. And mm-hmm. then Jedi Fallen Order teaser, which we will talk about that on Tuesday. So come back Tuesday to hear us talk about that. Yeah. But um, that kind of lends it to being in this this time frame of Obi-Wan as well. So that's kind of cool to think about. OK, um, with that, we get this con artist. Um, he's pretending to be a Jedi. His name is Haja Estri, which I thought it was cool. Um, mm-hmm. This is a cool name. I think it's a good Star Wars name. Is seen trying to provide help to people who want off Dayu, uh, kind of implying that the kid and the mom there, the kid might be force sensitive. Yeah. Um, so Obi-Wan watches kind of in disgust mm-hmm. from the shadows of what's taking place in front of him. And then Obi-Wan, of course, exposes him and gets the information he needs to find Leia. So this, I, I'm, you know, I very much bundled that scene up, but Caleb, you know, what do you, what do you think on that? Well, number one, I don't think the kid was force sensitive in the slightest. I think he's just telling the family what they want to hear. So they'll trust him and, and okay. give him money. Yeah. Uh, because I think if he really was force sensitive, That's probably a good con. Obi-Wan probably would have gotten involved somehow with with that particular family. I think I don't mm. think he would have just let them go. Maybe, maybe not. I don't you know. Like to I think just, that, yeah. yeah, I just don't think that he's actually force sensitive. I think he's just such a good con artist that he's making them believe that because he's sure. a Jedi. He 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 knows he knows when he sees force sensitive. So, of course, they would believe him. Um, if there was something that I liked the least, it was this. But. It, it was good. I I thought it was nice little comedic relief for a moment. But other than that, solid stuff. But if there was a thing that I could have like done without, I guess it would have been this. But I'm OK. Bad. Nothing. I'm bad. OK with it personally. You know, th- these little things like not these little things, but stories like this that are very heavy. Uh-huh. I mean, we're dealing with a kidnapping. hundred percent. Exactly. And yeah. So it's it's nice to have, you know, a little comedic relief there because you need that in your storytelling. You just mm-hmm. you have to have it. All right, so that is where we go. So he actually helps him, leads him to kind of helping him to find Leia. All right, then Obi-Wan walks through a door leading him into a spice lab. So he goes down the road, hits up this little area, and he's in like a spice lab. I almost wrote like meth lab but in the notes, but I didn't. It was very uh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> it was lies. very Breaking Bad. Yeah, it was, it was very much what you would Next, think. Next uh, season like. or the, the sequel to Breaking Bad after Better Call Saul featuring Ewan McGregor. That's That's Obi-Wan Kenobi, yeah. Well, anyway, he gets in the spice lab and he creates an explosion by adding random spice chemicals together, which Caleb Mm -hmm. had to correct me. I thought he used the force to create Mm -hmm. this. And and we'll get to why that correction was made. Um, I think most of you who've seen it, I hope you've seen it. Yeah, you know, at this point, this you've point. seen it, right? If not, um, then uh, you don't want to listen to us two rednecks no. tell a Star Wars story. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can claim redneck status. <laughs> but regardless, um, with this happening, he goes in, throws some spice chemicals together. Fire starts, little explosion, and he goes through another doorway where Leia is being held somewhere he knows. So um, at this point, he gets in a fight in a hallway with two goons which we saw in the trailers, um, uh, a Zabrak and some other random dude. And then he goes to a door and he finds that he has walked into a trap. Mm-hmm. And undoubtedly he is distracted by his emotions 
of the situation and he's clearly cut himself off from the force to a certain degree and he doesn't sense the trap not to mention he does not do well on the fight yeah um either that's his age as the character or he's really severely cut off Mm -hmm. from the force so caleb what are your thoughts on that little sequence yeah uh i would say it's kind of like i mean uh maybe some of you are golfers i'm i'm a i I play i attempt to play golf it's like if you don't play often and when you try to play again you can't really do it that well it's just like obi-wan here he used to use the force a ton so yeah he was one of the best clearly clearly he hasn't used the force in a while a hot minute so yeah his jedi senses whatever you want to call it aren't clicking Mm -hmm. uh very much so in his emotions so I mean, I could see how some people might interpret this as, oh, yeah. Obi-Wan's just stupid now. But no, I think it just fits the setup that we got so far with this character. So yeah. I love that. And I don't think he's necessarily cut himself off from the force. Not like Luke did. Right. I don't think it's to that extreme. I just think he he's just not as tuned as he used to be because he's just rarely, if ever, using it. Yeah, I don't think he's using it very much at all, except maybe to try to commune with Qui-Gon. Right. And see, that if, might be if, since might be we're, we've come to the conclusion that that's kind of still up in the air, we have to assume mm-hmm. if he has communicated with Qui-Gon, then, yeah, that's that's using the force in some form. Yeah. Well, after um, he gets into a fight with Leia's kidnappers, you know, he uses the spice that you and McGregor's daughter gave him in the streets and yeah. everybody gets high very quickly, I might add. <laughs> which is, yeah. I find surprising. I've never done drugs, but I, I knew, I know people who have, and they're like, Oh yeah, it's not that quick. You know? So it's kind of, it was just like, okay, that was fast. But anyway, um, enough about that. Obi-Wan finds Leia cell and she kicks him, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's the most Leia thing she could have possibly done, or she punched him or something. Um, but she goes with Obi-Wan or Ben at this point, however you want to look at it. And this makes the second time that we've seen her rescued from a prison by a Jedi. Mm. If you want to call Luke a Jedi in a new hope, he's not really, but you know, you guys get, he's getting there. He's getting there. Oh, actually, this is the third time because she was rescued from Jabba and return of the Jedi. Technically a prisoner, even though it was all for Jabba, regardless, it's the second time she's been, she's been saved by a a Jedi, which I think is great. So anyway, um, I, this little sequence is great. You know, I, I think it's just a lot of fun that what's going on here with with Leia and with Obi-Wan. And it's cool to see that they're having this kind of I love the way Leia puts it, a grandfather, granddaughter type of relationship, I think is a good way to look at it, um, which is funny because I don't guess he's older than Bail Organa. So I just think it's weird that she would look at him like maybe a grandpa, you know, but that's, that's, that come, that's a good that comes point. up in a minute. But <laughs> that, that's if that's an issue, it's a small issue. Um, okay, uh, Caleb, would you like to add anything on that? Nope, other than I love it. I, I love the interaction, the, the early interaction that they have and the interactions that they continue to have throughout this episode that we'll Man, definitely get to. It was so much fun. All right, now we switch back things over to Reva, which we actually now accurately know how to pronounce her name. It's Reva. Have I, um, I've been saying Reva all night, too. I have, too, I think, <laughs> but it is Reva. So we need to we need to just, you know, do Reva and, and go Reva, from there. Reva, 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 Reva. Reva, Reva. Reva. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Reva was nearby waiting and uh, heads to where Leia was being held. She finds a kidnapper spaced out on Spice and leaves very disgruntledly. Yeah. This leads to the Grand Inquisitor and two other Inquisitors, one of Love them being the fifth brother. Yeah. They Love approach her. And well, then go ahead and talk about it because I have notes, but just you tell me why you love it. 
Well, first of all, the quote from Reva. Well, I, again, I love the just overall. I love Reva. The t- Gosh, I do. I did it again. <laughs> did it again. Reva, 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 um, Reva. <laughs> I love the overall again seeds connections that there is tension amongst this trio. Yeah. Um, we don't know necessarily fully why yet, other no. than some small teases again in this conversation, but it's setting up an interesting backstory for. Reva. Reva. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, so specifics here. A Reva quote that says, I found a link between him and Organa in the archives. I'm interested. I want to know about these archives. How much information do they have on Obi-Wan? How much information do they have on Yoda? Uh, Mace, Cal Kestis, uh, Kanan, Ezra, all of the Jedi that we know that are still out there. How much info? Or we don't know Mace is out there. That's just a popular fan theory. But how much information do they have? Is it just Jedi that they have not confirmed are dead that they keep the archives on? Or do they just have everything? I know I'm going too deep with that, but I love that. I love that that they have that on file, that there's a link between Kenobi and Organa. And then when the Grand Inquisitor says that you're the least of us, I want to know why do you feel that way? Like they say something about getting her from the gutter. Something like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, know. I want to know what that means, though. And I think we're going to end up finding out again. We still got yeah. four more episodes and clearly they're telling 45, 40 minute plus episodes. So there's plenty yeah. of time to yeah. get that. I'm intrigued. I, and I love these small little conversations that make you more intrigued about these Inquisitor characters. So that's why I love this scene so much. What, what do you think? I mean, to me, it, it's great. The Inquisitors are under the impression that Reva is just totally worthless. All of them. They're all under the, that impression. Maybe the only one that has some sympathy for her is the other female Inquisitor that's there. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just on the face. It just kind of looked like she might Which, have. I don't understand why they're not giving her lines or attention or name drop or anything. I don't I don't get why they're not acknowledging it, it her. Might, it, she very easily could be the sister from Rebels, and it's yeah. just a different head set up, and we haven't gotten to that point yet. I mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, you know, we, we could get into the credits, I guess, and figure it out. But, Probably, um, yeah. but I, I haven't done th- that yet. But before we transition back into talking more about Leia, which that's that's the highlight of this episode. Honestly, sure, it's absolutely it's little Princess Leia. Michelle Minozzi over here in the chat says, love how sassy Leia is. So she says also when she puts on the green cape, she looks just like Leia on indoor. And I sent Facts. Caleb an image today of Carrie Fisher in that set up with this uh, young actress whose name uh, Vivian something Um, she this side by side that was on purpose the Leia vibes were here the Padme vibes were here we've discussed that and we're Mm -hmm. not even done with the Padme vibes so um, (laughs) it was good stuff there good soup as we like to say around here all right so that leads us to Reva putting out the APB on Kenobi man shout Uh, out to uh, hey sup Hayden also just finished watching and coming straight to us afterward hey you appreciate that that's what we like. That, that. That's a, that's what a Mando <laughs> talk fan looks like. All right. Absolutely. Our Ugnaughts and Jawas. Thank you. Salute. Thank you, Hayden. Yes. All right. So Reva puts out that APB on Kenobi. Obi-Wan sees this on a hologram as they're kind of dodging through the streets. And that is when Leia puts on the green cape as and the little gloves, the tiny little gloves were yeah. a nice touch for I don't that know why one reluctantly purchases. <laughs> he was just like, whatever, we got to go. You know, I, I love that because I've seen I've seen my parents do that. That's such a parent vibe. <laughs> it is. It's just like, oh, whatever, let's go. Um, so anyway, it's it's just a lot of fun to see that. They begin to uh, 
uh, escape. And Obi-Wan's alibi, uh, if they're caught, he's Leia, uh, or th- that Leia is his daughter. They're farmers from a place called Tall, T-A-W-L, mm-hmm. uh, to which Leia says granddaughter, maybe, which, hello, that was hilarious. Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it was very much walking carpet vibes, and I loved that. Uh, and then also, just to further that, Leia's back-talking and throwing shade at a young age, and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Now, if that was my kid, we may have a different discussion. <laughs> but Leia doing it, it's justified because it's Princess Leia. And she can get away with anything. Caleb, your thoughts on this? Love it. Uh, I, I definitely picked up on the older Leia connections vibes, as we like to say, as Even soon as hair. she put that and the hair. Yeah. yeah. As soon as she put that green little robe cape thing on, uh, looked great. I love the granddaughter, maybe vibes. <laughs> And it and it made me think of uh, the fact that, I mean, I, I view Obi-Wan as her uncle and like I, I think Obi-Wan is would in, in like a what if series. Yeah. Seeing Obi-Wan be like a an uncle to a together Skywalker family. Yeah, man, that would be really cool. Well, to that's see. the thing. But, if but we get those vibes in this. And so I'm glad we got that. If Anakin left the order, they wouldn't have stopped being friends. Right. <laughs> they would have just, you know, Uncle Uncle Ben shows up. Oh, no, yeah. don't call him Uncle Ben. <laughs> All Uncle Ben's die always. <laughs> All right. Actually, he does die. Any, anyway. OK, uh, I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, the ADHD is kicking in and that's not good. But here we are back. Um, we we I'm trying to make sure I know where I'm at in the notes. Here we go. All right. So to me, this looks like you know Leia is very curious as they're walking mm-hmm. through the streets. Leia seems to have never left Alderaan. Yeah, I think it's maybe in Episode One that they allude to that. That's like, what I thought because too. the cousin the cousin says you've never even left this yeah. place. Okay, but so I get, to, I get to go wherever I want to. You know that jerk of a cousin that we talked about earlier (laughs) everybody has that cousin who goes on that family trip Uh and they always brag about it and you Uh want to just knock them out (laughs) like that's this guy for leia i just want to put that out there fair um so anyway with with that scene you know having taken place uh i loved watching her kind of with her curiosity i mean she wants obi-wan to use the force to make her float she doesn't even truly you know fully trust ben and who's I keep going back and forth between Obi-Wan and Ben, but you guys know what I mean. And then she's already kind of wise beyond her years, even as a 10-year-old, which may be due in part to the fact that she's Padme's daughter mm-hmm. and she's hanging out with Bail Organa a lot. Mm-hmm. So I love I love that a, a ton. And before we jump into Haja, Haja Estri coming back, Caleb, you know, just any other thoughts here on Leia and just that curiosity? Oh, this was the this was the dub of the episode the interactions that they have the like i mentioned the the way i was viewing it at least the uncle niece vibes that were going Mm -hmm. on uh i loved obi-wan even though he's well aware how old leia is he's like how old are you like you know how anytime a family gathering occurs and there's like that really young um boy or girl that's just way beyond their years and you're you're very well aware of how old they are but you still ask them to make them feel good about themselves yeah Gosh, I love that. Love and that. Stuff. It was a it was a perfect moment. You keep saying uncle, uncle niece vibes. I'm starting to further subscribe to that because nice. up to the, up till now, I really hadn't even thought about that much. But <laughs> I I really love that. Okay, so Haja Estri discovers Obi Wan um, as a fugitive, and he kind of goes looking for him. That kid comes back and shows him the hologram. Then we see that the Inquisitors they're just ready to kill Kenobi. 
they don't even they're not trying to take him to vader they're just like he's a jedi like all the rest let's kill him and move on it's kind mm-hmm. of what they're thinking um no he is part of the jedi high council how dare you sir <laughs> show that man some respect and let vader kill him. some respect on my name seriously i mean come on he's right here on the shirt all right <laughs> so um that leads to us also seeing reva sending out you know again that apb but it was for bounty hunters and yeah. reva seems to want kenobi to use maybe as a means to get her closer to Vader and get in some good standing with the Sith Lord. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of looking at this as an Asajj Ventress trying to please Count Dooku type situation. Mm, I like that. Yeah. But, but Reva is just stepping over all the Inquisitors to get to um, uh, like her Count Dooku, which would be Vader. You know, yeah. so that's how I'm looking at it. You know, Caleb, what about you? I love everything you just said. Uh, I'm trying to process all of that because I I hadn't even put uh, Reva. I'm having to think about it every time now. (laughs) I'm having to put, (laughs) I'm trying to make that connection with Mm. Reva and Asajj. And I, I think I really, really like that idea. I can see some similarities between the characters. Well, if, if Asajj Ventress had not been killed off in a comic series, I think she would have been in this series. She would have, she would have been in the Reva Reva role. I think she would have been maybe in the Reva role, but you know, to what extent, I don't know, because yeah. if she was going to be an Inquisitor, you know, it, it doesn't make sense with the way things worked out in Clone Wars, mm-hmm. um, but I could still see something there. You know, I'm just kind of, it's just a parallel. It's all poetry. It all rhymes. It just sure. is what it is. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, so you're still processing that. Should I move forward while you process? I mean, I just think it's very interesting. Only thing I'll say, I think it's very interesting that she's trying to gain favor with vader and i just want to know why like what why is she different from these other inquisitors we're gonna figure out i'm just i'm just uh, anxious maybe the mysteries in her real life name moses Mm -hmm. maybe like they're pulling from moses from the bible you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um bombs dj maybe maybe i don't know i'm just a youth (laughs) pastor with a podcast okay (laughs) Um, <laughs> so here we go. Um, back over here, looking some more at uh, Leia. So Leia realizes that she was kidnapped so the Inquisitors could get to Obi Wan. So she then runs off, causes a, causes a chase through the Dayu streets and on rooftops because she's a Skywalker. She's got to do something wild sure. and irresponsible. Yeah. Um, and and by the way, I, I just have to mention this before I hand you know this back to Caleb to see what his thoughts are on this. Plus, Reva's doing parkour. She's a parkour champ. Um, my new favorite bounty hunter is Velociraptor Head Guy. Um, thank you, Deborah Chow, so much for Velociraptor Head Guy. I I might love him as much as I do the EOP at this point. It that that Dang, was that's I know from those so, of you that have been listening to our Kenobi <laughs> coverage you know that's a high honor right there and they did release <laughs> the pre-orders for the EOP Kenobi Funko Pop there you I go will, did you pre-order I, no I didn't pre-order I'm gonna wait till it hits stores <laughs> I'm gonna wait till it hits stores I like to find stuff yeah. on the shelf occasionally I don't blame you same like way you, like you like you do but anyway I love Velociraptor head guy I don't know his name I want to know his name um he just seems cool and because mm-hmm. I like Velociraptors but Caleb anything on this on the chase here only thing I'll add to the chase, yes, Reva, parkour champ, but I maybe it's just me. You could tell that sometimes she was attached to a cable, like she was just oh, kind of floating. She's oh. floating. She's floating too long, floating a little bit too long for me. She's force sensitive. Come on, but it like 
in the prequels, Caleb, though, the, the floats weren't Caleb, that obvious. Caleb, we, we live in a universe here where a giant cyborg uh-huh. named Grievous can Correct. exist with just a heart, lungs, and eyeballs <laughs> and a brain. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a chase, though, why would you want to double tap A and, and make sure that you're floating longer? Because you need to make sure you make the jump. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's the semantics. <laughs> it didn't bother me. I just wanted to mention it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, real quick, Michelle Minozzi put this great. And also, John Hare and Michelle Minozzi put some stuff in the chat I want to read real quick. Okay. John Hare said, seems like the fifth brother realizes that uh, Reva could be trying to find favor with Vader to undermine the rest of the Inquisitors, which that pairs very nicely with Michelle's thought. Vader could already be making moves against Palpatine and grooming Reva as an apprentice to help him. It's very possible that those two things are happening. So we were talking about earlier that Reva is a Saj, but in Vader's eyes, that's his next Ahsoka, maybe. Oh, it could be. Yeah. It would be very interesting. I very, like that idea. Cool. Yeah. And then the dark side side of things would be really cool, too, just to go along with that. Um, so Hayden says, Velociraptor dude needs to be a... <laughs> DLC, DLC option on the Lego Star Wars Saga game. Yes, I'm. I'm. If I was one of those guys, I would venture into tattoo territory. If I was one of those people, because that's just too out there, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, okay, back over here uh, to where we are with Reva. You know, just kind of floating or not floating, <laughs> doing parkour things. Maybe she's attached to a cable. Maybe not. Who knows? I didn't get that feeling, but. You know, whatever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad. I mean, John Harris says double tap a laughing emoji. I appreciate that. I'm glad somebody laughed at that because I thought it was funny. <laughs> I don't game enough. That's my problem. Is that John Hare loves himself some some Star Wars video games? I do know that about him. So he's all about the double tap to make the guy float a little longer. You remember in the old Battlefront two from back in the day, you could you oh, would yeah. just like double tap, and then you just you would hold it and you would float. Yeah, it just yeah, and that's great. all. That's all Vader does. Vader's just. <laughs> It's so okay, yeah. hilarious. Now that I think of that, it was <laughs> me saying that's probably way too nitpicky, but I just, it was a thought of mine. So I had to it's say just, it. It's still funny though, because Vader, he doesn't jump. He just floats, you know, <laughs> even in Empire Strikes, in Empire Back, Strikes Back. Yeah. That, <laughs> that little motion. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know okay. why I'm dying laughing at this. It's funny. The motion of Vader and Empire is me after a long day of work jumping into the bed. <laughs> Float <laughs> elevated. He doesn't even like he's not even trying to kill Luke. He's just yeah, it's the best. Oh gosh, we're derailing here. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. The train all right, where the station. It has. <laughs> we're pulling back in. It's all good. We're gonna, we're back off the rabbit trail. Okay. So um with that being the case, Leia tries to jump to mm-hmm. get away from Moby One. She didn't double tap, she single tap. She 100%. She's like me when I played Jedi Fallen Order and you got to hold on to the vines. I did not hit L2. Okay. She did not hit L2. She fell straight down. Uh, she hit L2 on the way down, though, because she grabbed onto that random wire. It yeah. helped her for a second. Uh-huh. And uh, Obi Wan was just like, Leia, wait, hold on. I never thought I'd hear Leia's name scream so many times. Yeah. yeah. And let alone by Obi Wan. So know. There's, there's that. And Ewan. Yeah. Yeah, and a Ewan. Yeah, Ewan. Yeah, we, we haven't even stopped to talk know, about right? that. <laughs> Just too worried about getting through the show and talking about all the performance side of things here in a minute, I guess. But all right, so he makes her float, which is great um, because it, it gives her something to trust in, you know, and he really only does it because she jumped to her near death, mm-hmm. which keep it's just a nice reminder. 
She's 10 years old. Yep. Kids do stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Like my dad told me this after we told him that um, my wife was pregnant. I was, he goes, yeah, bro, the next six years of your life, six, seven years, actually he said a lot longer than that probably goes, but just, he said, be prepared to know that all you're really doing for the next several years is just making sure your kid doesn't accidentally kill themselves. Right. And I think, I thought that was really funny and I'll never forget that parenting advice. So now I'm always <laughs> like, are you okay? She's like, by the way, my daughter's four months old today. So. Hey, yeah. happy four um, months. Yeah. Love, love her very much. Um, anyway. Um, so makes her float, gives her something to trust in. And then Haja yeah. shows up and kind of helps Obi-Wan escape and yep. tells him to go to a place called uh, Mapuza, which when mm-hmm. I first heard him say it, I thought he said Yakuza. <laughs> so I was like, that's the Japanese mafia. And so I was right. like, that's not right. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's Mapuza and then hands him a, a Sabak card. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a theory on that, but okay. you'll have to come back Tuesday to hear about it. Interesting. Um, so, cause I want, that's a prediction I have. Okay. So with that being the case, um, recap on all that we just did. So, Caleb, what are your thoughts on just those things? Well, just going back to Leia floating, that is definitely the scene that we alluded to earlier that we felt like is the first time that Obi-Wan has used the force yeah. in a hot minute. Yeah, uh, That's kind of why we backtracked toward the whole blowing up explosion thing in the spice room. Um, because the, the way they shot that, it just looked like you could tell Obi-Wan was initially struggling with, do I use the force? And then after he used the force or actually during it, you could tell he was not as fine tuned. And then after you could tell it kind of made him a slightly tired. So yeah. all three of those elements before, during and after just kind of make you think, OK, this is the first time he's done something like this in a while. So definitely wanted to talk on that. And then, yeah, the Mapuza thing, I completely missed that the first time I watched it. Because when I was looking at these notes, like before I watched it a second time, I was like, what in the world did DJ see? I don't don't know what Mapuza (laughs) is. What is this? Um, Yeah. Very interesting. I have some thoughts and theories on that, too, that we'll definitely wait to share until next Tuesday. Can't wait for that. But that's definitely the, um, I guess, the next destination we're going to next week. But anyway, continue on with the uh, episode. So we're in the last few moments of the episode, which honestly, aside from the Leia Obi-Wan content, this is the moment for the whole episode. Um, So Obi-Wan and Leia go to a cargo port that they were sent to by Haja, and they can get on a cargo vessel and kind of leave the planet from there. Um, And that's when he realizes how much she reminds him of Padme. Mm. He didn't have to say her name. And that was great for all of us who we knew we were going to get prequel vibes in this, this series, not just because Ewan and Hayden are back, but for many reasons. Mm-hmm. And this is this, these two episodes are proven to give us those things, but this above, I mean, it takes the cake above all of them. Just that he said, I used to know someone like you, you know, mm-hmm. you just remind me. And it just, it's beautiful to, to see what Obi-Wan's thinking. Cause it, it tells us all what we've been wanting to hear about, I think. And, it's just nearly a um, it's just almost him saying, hey, I knew your mom. Mm-hmm. Almost. It's almost that. But what do you think about it, Caleb? It was beautiful. Uh, it got me going emotionally for sure. Uh, it definitely took me back to the prequels. I'm glad that they are making these connections and they're certainly not done. I'll leave mm-hmm. it at that. 
Oh, man. Well, I know we could dig into that a lot, but let's move on to finish out the episode here. Um, so Reva finds where they're hiding and begins to play a game of cat and mouse. How did she find where they are? She caught Obi-Wan. Haja. Obi-Wan. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know what you were saying. I got it now. I thought you were singing. I was like, what are you singing about? (laughs) Uh, How did she find out where they are? Uh, She caught Haja in an alley and used the mind trick a la Kylo Ren in Force Awakens. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Distracted the information right out of his brain head. And I loved that. I thought it was great. Um, So she goes and finds them. And then as Caleb did for us, Obi-Wan. That was me being Alec Guinness, I think. I I don't know what voice that was. Regardless, Obi-Wan sends her to the ship. Leia prepares it to take off. Reva doesn't plan on killing Obi-Wan. And I think that's because she's got plans to take him to Vader, as we've discussed. Yeah. Um, and this is how Obi-Wan discovers that Darth Vader survived the the, the events on Mustafar, their fight on Mustafar. And, of course, the Inquisitors apparently know the true identity of Darth Vader, which hmm. I take issue with that interesting um i'll briefly say that in the novelization uh, uh, called tarkin on grandma mm-hmm. tarkin's life tarkin um deduces that darth vader is anakin skywalker um but nobody ever mentions it and so up to this point i don't i've always believed that nobody knows who he truly is behind the mask i guess it makes sense that the inquisitors do and obviously the emperor but why would Reva use that? I don't know. And I don't like that right now. I might like it later, but I, I definitely don't like that right now. But um, before we go into the biggest, like, what the heck moment of this entire episode, right. Caleb, what do you think on just this little cat and mouse game? Loved the cat and mouse game. I loved the way the scene was shot. I loved everything that uh, Reva was saying. I loved how Obi-Wan was obviously caring for Leia first. Um I didn't necessarily take issue to the fact that she knows who Vader is. Yeah. Because uh, in the ep- first episode, whenever one of the Inquisitors say Kenobi's not yours to handle, I think that was the Grand Inquisitor. At that moment, I had already implied that, oh, all of these Inquisitors know that that's Anakin under there because that that's oh, why. OK, that's why that's his that that's why Kenobi is his to take that- care of. That's a good point. So it wasn't necessarily like a massive reveal to me when she revealed to Obi-Wan that she knew that was Anakin. Wow. Yeah. And also, even if it had been, I don't because I hadn't read that novel or anything like that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have. I don't think I would have been bothered by it. But OK, that's loved, a good point. The scene. Love that's the scene. a good point to make, honestly, because I, I would not have caught that. So I'm glad you did. Well, here comes the biggest what the heck thing that happened. Um, this is. This could be somebody's fair enough take if we really wanted to do it, but I don't think that's going to be the case tonight. The Grand Inquisitor shows up to where Reva is, and he plans to just kill Kenobi right here and there. Mm-hmm. But biggest turn of events nobody was expecting. Reva stabs him, and I wrote this in our notes, seemingly kills him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have three or four que- three questions here. One, is he actually dead? Two, is it a retcon of Star Wars Rebels? And three, is he not the same? Is he not the same guy from Rebels? Is this a totally different, you know, Grand Inquisitor? So, Caleb, answer these three questions for me real quick. Number one, he is not actually dead. Number two, so that makes it not a retcon of Rebels. And number three, I think it's still the same guy. I don't okay. know how they're going to revive him. 
but I just based Shane. off of very very possible. Yeah. <laughs> but based off of things that Rupert Friend, uh, the guy that's portraying the Grand Inquisitor, has said regarding his character, yeah, and things that his character might do. Don't think we're done with the character yet. I just don't know how he's gonna get revived. Which, by the way, two things real quickly. Number one, the Rupert Friend portrayal of the Grand Inquisitor is way better than I think maybe a lot of the fans were were, were expecting based yeah. off of images and things. I think the Grand Inquisitor looked great, sounded great, performed great. Number two, I'm completely blanking on the number two thing that I was trying to say. Mm. Retcon. Well, I. Man, I hate when this happens. <laughs> it, I do. That I don't think time, I don't think it's a retcon. I'll, I'll just say okay. that <laughs> back to you. Maybe I'll think of it. Well, I, I definitely don't think it's a retcon. I, I do think it could be a Fennec Shan situation where they go in uh -huh. and, you know, fix her guts and or even a, a Darth Maul situation. You know, I'm not saying they go to the, you know, the Night Sisters or anything. But I mean, yeah, you know, there's something cybernetic going on here, I think, is to, to bring him back um, or um, the Inquisitors know how to force heal. Mm. that could be the other option you know so we got to remember force healing is a thing in this in this world thanks to a mandalorian and more evidently um rise of skywalker mm. and you know a little bit of a new hope if you want to get down into it with obi-wan and luke but um regardless i don't think he's dead i think he's coming back and i don't think it's a retcon and if it's Man, if that if they messed that up, that's a big detail. So I don't, don't think for, they see. I don't, don't think for, they did. And something just for I know you know this, DJ. But those yeah. of you listening, uh, don't forget that Dave Filoni looked at the script. Dave Filoni was somebody that yeah. greenlit the the series. Yeah, because uh, Deborah Chow has spoken about how she listened to Filoni and Favreau's input. Filoni's the guy yeah, that made. She said that. At, she said that on the celebration stage. Right. Filoni's the, the guy that stage. did that. Did Rebels? He's not gonna let something like that go by. There, there's a plan. He's coming. No, back. he he won't. And he's coming back. You're and I like right. what Michelle says in the chat. I mean, who knows? This is pretty crazy, if possible. But she says his species might not have important organs where he was stabbed. Maybe. I mean, that's possible. Something that I've never even thought of before, but yeah, he, he's not dead, regardless if it's that or, or something else that happens. He's yeah. coming back. He's coming and it's back. A, it's important to remember that this story takes place before the events of Star Wars Rebels. Mm, so yes. we are, you know, this is 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Rebels is four seasons long, which means that when it begins, it is uh, 15 years after Revenge of the Sith. So mm -hmm. the Grand Inquisitor in Rebels is five years older than where he is now. Mm -hmm. So we have to remember that. Uh, and by when I say the now, I mean in Obi-Wan Kenobi. So right. there's that. Okay. Well, the biggest bomb ever got dropped on Obi-Wan. He mm -hmm. suddenly realizes that Vader is still there. Him and Leia begin to escape Dayu. And now Obi-Wan has to deal with knowing that Anakin Skywalker is alive and that he is darth vader yeah to anakin inside a giant back to tank yeah yellow eyes and all mm -hmm. just breathing away yep. with no arms and legs mm -hmm. and might i say one pissed off look absolutely i don't know how else to put it he and, looks scary very scary it's like <laughs> I mean, slow clapped in that. By the way, I have to say this. I haven't really even talked about reactions I had while watching either of these episodes. Uh 
Uh-huh. I was on the edge of my seat most of the time. I forgot to breathe a lot. But when this happened and they slowly pan out and you see or zoom out, I should say, and you see Hayden in that back to tank, I just go like this. <laughs> it was 1230 at night. I'm alone in my dark living room and I'm just I'm just, just double fist in the air. I could I was go. so excited. That's an it actually happened. I'm not lying. That was that was my full blown reaction to that. Caleb, give it to me, brother. First of all, Ewan's portrayal of saying Anakin and the emotions that are there. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Phenomenal. He does a great. First of all, because we haven't talked about this phenomenal job in both episodes portraying Obi-Wan again. Yes. Incredible. Uh, and then the cut to Anakin. Gosh, that was awesome. It was perfect the way they did it. I'm so glad they didn't show any more Vader. The perfect way to make sure people come back Wednesday was to show Vader in some form, and they did it better than I had even thought. And we said it was going to happen in episode two. Yeah, it was great. Perfect. Loved it. One thing, though. (laughs) I know what you're – I already know about this. One thing, though. Yes, you do know about it. This was the first moment where I was like, oh, the Loki composer is doing this show. Not someone connected to Star Wars. That was the first moment that it hit because how you don't have a subtle cue to the Imperial March in that moment mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense to me. Like I felt yeah. like the, it was, it was, it was honestly too Loki. Like it felt like it was mm. supposed to be for a Loki show. Mm. Cause it sounded just like one of the, the Loki things that they had going on in there, but you, you just had to have had the Imperial March in there some way, somewhere. Right. But anyway, that was just nitpicky. Yeah. I just feel like it you know, would have emotionally hit me more had that cue been in there in some form. It didn't even have it didn't have to be the Imperial March the entire time. You no. could have done that same piece, but find a way to just cue and that just in there. Dumb, dumb, yeah, dumb, great. It would have been great. Dumb, dumb, dumb. and yeah. then just get it out Directed of there. Directed by Deborah Chow. Yeah, that's it. But you know, you're right in saying that I. I didn't even think about it the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, Hayden's in a back to tank. Awesome. <laughs> right. You know, I was like, this is great. And then you texted me almost as soon as we were done, both <laughs> right. watching it on our ends. And, and you were like, yeah, I don't like that. And I was like, oh, dang it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they I love the scene. I, and I no, love the, the scene's great. I love yeah. the, the, the music that they use. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like it sets the emotions. It gives it the does. intensity. It does yeah, it everything does. you want it to do. Just a just a slight missed opportunity, I guess. I don't know. I would as agree far as that. tugging at at my emotions, maybe I'm alone in that. Maybe maybe I, I just was expecting so. to hear it. Who knows? I think we were all to a degree expecting to hear it, but when it didn't happen, that's okay. It's just yeah. it would have been better if it was there. Yeah, yeah it's it, superb. And, and John, you used the perfect word, gnarly, perfect, gnarly a, ending. Yeah, loved it. Well, that's it for the episode two recap, guys, and also for our episode one recap as well. So thank you, everybody who's been in the chat talking with us as we've been going through tonight. And, um, you know, just keep enjoying Star Wars Celebration. It goes through Sunday. And um, yeah. you know, we're looking for all the new things Mando Talks got coming. I'm going to hand it back over to Caleb. We'll be looking for Monday because DJ is going to bring a celebration recap for you on the YouTube channel. So again, subscribe if you haven't done so. I know sometimes when when we're in season, we get some new viewers, new listeners. So if you're new here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And thank you so much 
for listening to us this long. That is awesome that you took the time to do that. Hopefully you enjoyed the first two episodes. Overall, we loved them. Uh, can't wait for episode three. I, right now, I'm glad that they're going back to Wednesday because that means it's coming sooner. Uh, we don't have to wait a full week. It's just like four or five days from now. So we don't have to wait great. a full week for less than a week. <laughs> True. There you go. Um, going to be great. Cannot wait for episode three. We'll talk about where we might go in episode three on Tuesday, live at 6 p.m. Central on the YouTube channel. Now, again, don't forget that those prediction live streams on Tuesday are YouTube exclusive. So they're going to be there afterward for you to watch if you can't make it live, but they're not going to be on our podcast platform. So come to the YouTube channel to check out the predictions, get that or view that before you watch Kenobi to see how much we get right, but more so how much we end up getting wrong. That's just, that's our theme around here, but we have fun. So make sure you come and support us there during that predictions live stream but other than that like dj said continue to enjoy celebration um and dj any anything else you want to say peace out django <laughs> i knew you were going to say it that's that's why i had to pass it back to you uh <laughs> if you haven't seen the celebration uh anniversary for um 20th anniversary panel for attack of the clones go check that out that's going to be dj's new uh outro for sure for sure. <laughs> all right. Enjoy your weekend. Happy Memorial Day weekend. So all yes. of the all of those in our country of America that served, um, we thank you for your service. Yes, and, thank you. So in, enjoy the enjoy the long weekend, everybody, and and hopefully we'll see you next time. And as always, we have spoken.